Thank you to all those who put a lot of work into that video and those that participated. We appreciate that so much. As I mentioned right at the beginning this morning, Palm Sunday today, the day that we especially remember Jesus entering Jerusalem with intention, knowing what was going to happen on the cross and the torment of that physically and emotionally and spiritually. But he did it for us. What a great Great thing. And that message of his death and resurrection that gives us life eternal is why we do what we do as Christ followers. It's why we do what we do in his gospel mission in the context of his church, the body that he's called us to. It truly is. His great commission truly is all about them. In other words, spiritually lost people are the reason that, again, we do everything we do in the work of Eaglemont. They're, they're the reason this church was planted. They're, they're the reason that we've done the programs and the ministries. And Leanne mentioned some of them when she was up here. Uh, people who don't know Christ personally yet are the reason we endeavor to, to reach children and teenagers and families in our city. They're the reason we do something like the outdoor movie theater. They're the reason we, we, we pay pastoral leaders to facilitate and equip the body for ministry. And, 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 and they are the reason that we've saved funds for the future facility expansion. Because we envision a, 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 a church facility that is multifaceted in, in its ability to serve the broader community and to increasingly be a tool to reach people who don't yet know him. Or his love in their life. It's truly about them. And, and yes, there's encouragement for those of us who are already Christ followers as a part of the body. We, we get that from one another as we've heard. Uh, we, we get that as we serve. We get that as we reach out. And yet the priority of Jesus' call is to reach and disciple the unconvinced. In the process, we're discipled. It's the great commission of Jesus from Matthew 28 that Pastor Joel spoke about so well a couple of Sundays ago. Some of you may not know how Eaglemont started. Pa uh, pastor Harvey used to be a pastor, and he's got that pastoral heart, so I just pastor list. Call him Pastor Harvey, okay? Uh, he shared a little bit ab about that, and yes, it was, uh, it was actually Miriam's dad, Pastor Horst Oberstein, who over 16 years ago cast the vision in our district, in our fellowship uh, of this church plant, and there was a, a Christian businessman named Fred Ton, along with a, an, a group of, of businessmen who donated the property uh, upon which this uh, church building was, was built. And Miriam and I, after, after much prayer, uh, said yes to lead it pastorally, and, and, and that before anyone had committed to be a part of the church family, but we sense God's leadership in this, and construction began on 2005, as Harvey outlined in a little bit of a backwards way. Unique story. There was something about the build it and they will come in our DNA from the beginning. And I remember walking around this church property during construction and, and praying and envisioning and dreaming about the influence for Christ that the church people, that the church that gathered in this place would have in this region and, and beyond. And, and I began envisioning a church family that would welcome, love, and make the gospel clear to everyone. A, a church that would become known for selflessly serving the broader community. I envisioned a church overflowing with people made new in Christ and meeting all together to worship 
our awesome God. And that's going to happen again. COVID will not be here forever. Just saying. I prayed and I envisioned uh, back then and still do that, that, that we'd always be a church that would pray and give and serve to help every generation come to know life that is truly life. I prayed for a church that would always work to be the answer to Jesus' prayer for unity in John 17. I hoped and prayed for a church that would come to be known as that church. That church cares. That church is, is actually uh, contributing to the, the betterment of our broader community. A self-professed atheist wrote on Facebook after our serving day a year and a half or so ago, and he said, I'm an atheist, but Eaglemont is a gem in our community. Wow. And I, and I point that out not for our glory, but for God's. And I pray for that man's salvation. Jesus be lifted up. And he is, as we serve, no strings attached. Much of those prayers and dreams have come to fruition through this church over the years in a variety of exciting ways. And yet there's still much to do and much to accomplish in this kingdom work. And of course, that will continue until we all get to heaven. Heather Lestuka, who is a part of our church family and was our first faith expansion capital campaign director, she gave me permission to share uh, a little bit of what she uh, wrote to me in an email uh, after the exciting announcement that Harvey made at our annual meeting last Sunday regarding, as you heard this morning as well, regarding the total funds that we've saved for expansion. She said, it's truly a miracle what we're witnessing. It's both energizing and humbling all at once. I pray that so many people will be able to tell of the way God moved in this community for the community. I love that. She said, if this is what God overcomes to make it a reality, just imagine what he has in store to do with it once it's here. We need to hold on to that quote, I think. As Christ followers, one of the greatest indicators that our hearts are excited about people coming to Jesus is if we use our money to see that accomplished. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For the next few minutes, I want to briefly revisit some biblical thoughts that were shared back in the fall of 2015 in this right here, uh, when, when we launched our first faith expansion capital campaign, our first three-year campaign with, with a four-week message series entitled, It's All About Them. Three important and biblical realities about giving financially to God's work. And we don't have to be shy about talking about money in church. There's an, obviously an appropriate way to do it and a, an inappropriate way, which probably some of us have been privy to, sadly. But Jesus talked about a lot. New Testament writers talked about money and wealth a lot because they knew that it could just grip our hearts and take over and be misused. So these last five years in our money as well as a as part of our discipleship journey, and that's why Jesus and the New Testament writers talked about it. So in the last five years, in our over and above 
expansion giving, there's been, there's been no, I, I, I don't know, I hope it's not ever perceived that way, but it's not manipulation, it's not pressure, it's not guilt. We've only asked that you genuinely talk to God and listen to his direction about what he wants you to do, how he wants you to engage. So, three things. First, when we give to God's work, we cannot outgive God. Some of you already know that from your experience. And, and to be clear, this is not a promise that if you give, you're going to get rich. It's not a prosperity thing here. But the you can't outgive God principle still applies. I mean, have you, you have, I'm sure, or most of you, read John 3.16. He gave his one and only son. We can't outgive God. In a passage about financial giving, Paul, the New Testament writer, in his letter to the Corinthian Christ followers, 2 Corinthians 9, wrote it this way. He said, a farmer who plants a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give in consultation with God is the implication. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Beautiful. According to Scripture, as we trust God in giving generously, He will supply our needs, all of them, and more, but so that we can share with others. You see, givers can't outgive God because God knows he can trust givers to share with others when he chooses to bless them for their generous giving. A beautiful cycle. On that note, here are some comments that some within our church family made to me personally after our first three-year capital campaign, people who had prayed about their giving and what God wanted them to do, these are significant and faith-building statements. Open your heart to them, please. Someone said, we're giving extra, but we're not missing it. Someone else, it helped our family grow through our giving. Someone else, we decided to go ahead and trust, and we haven't lacked. And then somebody else said it this way, told this little bit of the story, she said, I, I felt God whisper a significant amount that we were to give each of the three years. And she, she told me, even to the point where my spouse was like, what? But they prayed about it as a couple, and they followed through with that. And here's how they put it, more than once in that conversation. We trusted God in giving, and he overflowed our cup, is how she put it. It's cool. It's cool. We can't outgive God. Secondly, when we give to God's work, we're investing in that which is eternal. Think about it. Matthew 6, Jesus said, Store for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust, or moth and rust don't corrupt or destroy, and thieves don't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be. In other words, where you give your money, your heart will follow. Interesting. It's true. So it, if you're lacking in your passion for the work of God through his church, Jesus is basically saying a way to correct that is to give more. Interesting. Spiritual investing that ignites our heart is captured in a phrase that you've probably heard us use. Giving up something you love 
for something you love more. Namely, giving to see more people in heaven for eternity. Because our, our stuff, we know it's not eternal. Our, our homes, as great as they are, and our, our cottages, and as much as I want to think so, nice water ski boats are not eternal. Well, you might be surprised. God might have his own water ski lake up there, huh? Anyway, our, our stuff is not eternal. People are eternal. So, so God blesses us with the ability to give toward purposes that we'll see more and more people in his eternal heaven. What a privilege. And many of you, many of you live and give that way. You do. You're investing in eternal things. Again, it's all about them. Thirdly, when we give to God's work, God will sometimes ask us to give sacrificially. 2 Corinthians 8, again, the same writer, the Apostle Paul, says that about, uh, about, he's talking about a group of Christ followers in an area of Macedonia, and he's commending them for their sacrificial giving. He says, they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Some of you have been asked by God at times over your life to, to step into that, and you've seen the blessing of it. I've, I've heard the stories. I want you to hear from our uh, Pentecostal Assembly's general, Assistant General Superintendent, Reverend David Hazard, speaking about sacrificial giving via a Zoom recording. Please open your heart to this uh, seven-minute segment here. Eaglemon family, some of you know... Pastor David Hazard, from when he guided us through the launch of our first capital campaign back in 2015. And we're, we're just so grateful, uh, David, for your wise leadership at that crucial, uh, crucial time for our church. Well, I've asked Pastor David to share a few comments on uh, God's call to sacrifice in accomplishing great things in his kingdom work. Uh, he preached a fantastic message uh, Sunday morning on this topic back on October 25th, 2015, in our series entitled, uh, It's All About Them, uh, as we began saving funds at that time for future expansion. And so, yeah, thank you, David, for your willingness to briefly revisit this important teaching point today with us. So just go ahead and share. Uh, thank you, Pastor Marlowe, and, and good morning, Eaglemont, and great to uh, connect with you this morning and pick up on an important conversation that I believe is so valuable in the kingdom of God. Um, by the way, as I've heard the reports of your giving through the past few years, it has provided not only encouragement to my heart, but I've shared the story of what God's doing in Eaglemont and other churches to encourage them about what God can do. So there has been a, a tremendous level of encouragement that just your generosity has produced, not only in your own congregation, but across Canada. I remember being with you uh, those, those months ago, and I shared that God always calls us to generosity. Generosity is the foundation of which we give from, but generosity is expressed in different levels of giving. And so, you know, to begin with, I believe that scripture encourages us to what I call is obedient giving. Just that response to God in giving what we know is 
important and valuable. We often call obedient giving tithing. I call it tithing, and it's it's entry-level giving in the kingdom of God. And, and God's people through the years, down through the years, have just enjoyed incredible blessing as a result of obedient giving, just doing what God asks us to do. And it's... Uh, it's that weekly joyful celebration of being able to put into the offering that amount that God has put in our hearts that we can thank God for, that we have this revenue, we have this blessing from God. He provided it in the first place, and we can give it. And it's just that joy, as the book of Corinthians says, uh, giving cheerfully and joyfully to the Lord. However, when you read scripture, you come across these other expressions of giving. And the second level of giving is sacrificial giving. Where every once in a while in the course of an individual's life or a family or a church family, or even as you look at the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, like they, they just gave uh, obediently. But then there were these moments where the Lord called them to sacrificial giving. And as I look at those moments, they don't come all the time, but they do come sometimes. And they come at special moments when, when families need to do something important or when a congregation needs to do something important, as you, Eaglemont, are doing, as you are stepping by faith into the future, God has called you to a moment of sacrificial giving. And in these moments, you have opportunity to to just reach beyond obedient giving, sacrificial giving. You know you're giving sacrificially when it hurts a little bit, mm -hmm. and you're just recognizing that this is above and beyond what we normally would do. And we sacrifice from our resources for God's greater good. Mm -hmm. And whenever you look at the examples of Scripture, you will find that God's people would step up joyfully mm -hmm. in those moments of opportunity when uh, they could give sacrificially. And this is, this is a great opportunity for you to see your building continue to move forward and to prayerfully ask God, Father, what is it that you would want us to do above and beyond, Lord, what you have already blessed us with so that we can see your vision move forward in Beaumont uh, through Eaglemont uh, Assembly and just watch your kingdom continue to grow. So God always honors sacrificial giving. And God's people have always been involved in sacrificial giving. Old Testament, New Testament, all through history. You want to see something great done for God? you will find a great group of people who have moved to the level of, of sacrificial giving. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. By the way, the third level of giving is faith giving, where you plant something in the hope of even greater blessing in the future. You read about that in 2 Corinthians, and that makes giving incredibly exciting. But this morning, just think about what God is asking you to do sacrificially as an individual, as a family, perhaps as a corporation, to see the vision of Eaglemont move forward. And friends, it, it's not about seeing a new building for Eaglemont. 
It's about God populating that building with precious people. And when we agree together to give generously and sacrificially, friends, know that we're not only, we're not only changing people's lives in Beaumont today and in the region of Beaumont, but you're actually changing eternity because those people are coming to know Christ. You're actually changing the population of heaven. And there's nothing more, more uh, exciting. There's nothing more valuable than participating with God in his plan and seeing his kingdom grow. And the building is just a tool to make that happen. I'm grateful to David for sharing as he did. He's battling cancer, and I invite and ask you to be praying with him in the days ahead. He needs God's touch. But Pastor Hazard said it well. It's not about seeing a new building for Eaglemont. It's about God populate. I like that, populating that building with precious people who, who, who have come to know or are, or are in process of coming to know Jesus personally, and, 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 and that the, the building is just a tool to make that happen. Before Harvey comes to lead us in a collective time of giving response today, if you don't know Jesus personally, uh, what, what a great day, Palm Sunday, to, to say, Jesus, I, I, I understand that you died for me. You love me so much. I surrender my life to you as the leader of my life and the forgiver of my sin. You can do that now. And if you know what? If you do that, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to give you some resources that'll help you establish a walk with Christ. And you can text Jesus, to the number that you see on the screen. I invite you to do that this morning. 